0: expectations really matter because they really determine like what we're looking for and how we process the things that come to be. Expectations is another word for hope. And so when scripture says like, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have, it matters what you're putting your hope in and it matters what you are looking forward to.
1: Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Hello everyone. Today I am delighted to be joined by Lara Booz. Lara is a writer, teacher, and podcaster who encourages women to love God, think biblically, and live vibrantly. She'll cheer you on, share practical ideas, and point out the beautiful ways that God is working in your life. She is delighted to host the Expect Something Beautiful podcast with Revive Our Hearts, and she's looking forward to the release of her first book, Expect Something Beautiful, Finding God's Good Gifts in Motherhood, October 2021. She and her husband, Ryan, and their six children make their home in Pennsylvania. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks, Amy. Hi, everybody.
1: Well, Laura, at the beginning, I would love to just hear a little bit about you and your family and how you came to begin homeschooling.
0: Yes, sure. So I feel like lots of times when I hear people answer this question, they talk about going into homeschooling, kicking and screaming. (laughs) Um, But maybe my kids did that. But I actually felt called to homeschool when I was a child, just like someone might feel called by the Lord to be a missionary to China someday or something like that. I really felt him put homeschooling on my heart. Um, I wanted to homeschool my kids someday. I was not homeschooled. Uh, In fact, I did not know anyone who was homeschooled until I was like maybe in seventh grade. One girl who had been attending school with me um, started homeschooling and it just seemed really interesting. Um, But yeah, really, it just was this desire. I felt like I wanted to do it someday. I wanted to be kind of in the daily uh, life with my children. I had this vision of just being out in a meadow with my children all gathered around and we were learning together. And Not a, not a vision vision, but you know, like this idea in my mind that that seems so lovely and good. Um, and then as I went through high school and then through college and grad school, I wouldn't say I was making my choices based on I'm going to homeschool someday, but rather like kind of practical choices of like This is what I want to study or a career path I could walk down. Um, And now, on this side of the equation, now that I have been homeschooling and my oldest is turning 16, I can see how the Lord used each of those choices without my intentionality to prepare me for the children that I have. So it really has been a remarkable walk of faith. Even when it really wasn't on my mind at all, that the Lord was still um, making the path before me and uh, planting the seeds that needed to be planted and preparing me. So, um, yeah, it's just been really an amazing, amazing journey
1: so far. I remember hearing someone say one time that like God created a Paul so that Paul could write the epistles that he wrote that all of his you know history and life story and education all those things and personality even you know were gifts from the lord knowing what he had called him to do eventually and i think so often like you were saying like our own unique children our own unique situations birth orders personalities our calling as homeschool moms and all of those very unique ways in our own personal families we can look back and see how god was working and preparing us to be the mom our children needed not the mom another kid needed that the mom our children needed and and for to see god at work in our families is really really pretty amazing yes i
0: totally agree and even our weaknesses like, there are things like um, even out of the wounds from my past or my weaknesses or the things I didn't learn or whatever, I really can see how the Lord is using them and, and weaving them in um, to our day to day
1: life. So, yeah, it's astounding and He's so good. Yeah. And then His grace is made perfect in weakness so right. often. Right. Well, over the years, as you have, you know, grown and your children have grown, what are some ways in which your approach to homeschooling or just educational ideas in general have grown or changed?
0: Well, funny you should ask, because the first thing that comes to my mind. So, because I have always wanted to homeschool, like um, I feel like there were several times when I had like a false start. <laughs> I was like jumping the gun, yeah. like ooh. um, in fact. My first baby was born prematurely, and I was at her bassinet in the NICU, like reading to her, singing her songs. (laughs) Like I just had this in my mind of like, you know, nurturing and um, sharing, just yeah, sharing everything I could with my children. So um, when she was about two, because I was talking to her all the time, reading all the time and singing all the time, she was starting to show like a lot of interest in language. So she was asking about you know, um, how to to start certain words and the sounds of letters and things like that. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is the time to start teaching her how to read. She was two, right? So like when that's your first child, you are like so ready to go.
1: You're so (laughs) gung-ho.
0: And you believe like, this is it. So um, I got uh, a little like reading curriculum and every day we would just sit at the kitchen table and we would start this reading curriculum. And I noticed after several weeks that she wasn't asking about words anymore. Like, didn't care what the what tree started with, didn't care about the letter Q, uh-uh, didn't ask a thing. It was like a drastic change. And I remember putting her in her car seat one day and I asked, uh, I don't know why it dawned on me to ask her, but I was like, have I stolen the joy of words from you? And she said, let's wait to, wait to teach me to read till I'm three. when your two-year-old says that it's kind of like this um opening so anyway that just kind of is a good story to indicate my trajectory in homeschooling like being over anxious and just simply learning to like take it a notch down take it a notch down um I'm a type a person anyway and so by now I'm probably like a type plus has like helped me to calm down and so honestly with I have six children um, my oldest is now 16 and my youngest is two I feel like they've gotten more and more happy-go-lucky as I've just not happy you know just like a more buoyancy in their childhood (laughs) because I've just kind of lightened the load a little bit waited to teach them to read do it more slowly more gently um and also honestly, just for practical reasons, I've had to, like, I I haven't been able to be as um, intentionally, like, you know, sitting down, teaching them all their things when they're two and three and four. I've had to wait till the younger ones are five and six and seven. And it has not, it hasn't had a negative effect. So that's one thing that I notice has changed in me. Um, A friend of ours, so this is, might seem a little unrelated, but it's very related to homeschool moms, I think. Um, so during the race riots of 2020, um, we were uh, just having a conversation with a very dear friend of ours who is a black man. Um, he's in the army and he loves the Lord. And we were asking him, what does all of this mean to you? You know, how are you, how are you processing all of this? What does this mean from your experience in the world? And um you know what he said? (laughs) He said, no hurry, no worry. Mm. Everybody else, you know, you're feeling the tension of that moment. And he said, no hurry, no worry. And that was all based in his trust in the Lord. Um, And I just took that. (laughs) I was like, I want that for my own heart and my walk of faith and my homeschooling no hurry, no worry, because so many times my homeschooling has been wrapped up either in eagerness or fear or accomplishment, all of, all, of stuff, all of our motives. But to remember that with the Lord, there is no hurry and there's no worry. Um, and I found an actual verse that seemed to kind of dovetail for me anyway, that could be helpful for you, but it's Psalm four or five. And it says, offer right sacrifices, then put your trust in the Lord. And to me, that means like, Bring your whole heart to the table. Come before the Lord and say, Lord, I really want to please you. I really want to serve you today. I want to love my husband. I want to love my children. Nurture them. Teach them well and faithfully. Steward the gifts you've given me. And then put your trust in the Lord. And that allows us to, um, I think, I like the phrase of homeschooling from a place of rest. That's Sarah McKenzie, who I love from the Read Loud revival. Um, So anyway, yeah,
1: those things come to mind. You know, I love answer. that. Yeah, I love that reminder because so often we face things or even if it's like something is as, as simple as a child who can't figure out fractions, you know, whatever it is or big picture. It's so easy to globalize those situations and all of a sudden it's an emergency and we have to fix everything right now and it's all on our own shoulders. And if we don't do this, everything's gonna be ruined and our children's lives will be ruined forever. Um, I might possibly be a little melodramatic sometimes. But it it's a- go there, <laughs> too. I go there though. <laughs> I go there. Yes, I think most of us do. And that reminder that even if even if there is something that needs to be done or steps we need to take, that we don't have to rush in and try to fix everything all at once um, is really, that's a helpful reminder and to rest in in the work of Christ. Something I talk about a lot is where our identity is. And if we're putting it in, making sure we've done all the right things as a mom and we've checked off all the boxes and we've, you know, basically pushed all the right buttons expecting to get out this product, Um, we're going to, really be exhausted and disappointed because we're not going to be able to save ourselves or our children. So Mm -hmm. to kind of flip that over and be able to rest in the work that that Christ has done on our behalf brings so much rest and peace to our homeschool and just our our life as moms in general.
0: Yeah. And then I think it opens this door to worship because we get to see what he does (laughs) with uh, our meager offering and marvel at it. You know, we get to see how he works things out over time, and our children grow in character slowly but steady. And um, how he forgives and heals and comforts, and it's it's so marvelous.
1: Yes. Well, one of my friends, Elena Sutherland, often says that homeschooling is parenting intensified. So you know, it is all the things that we deal with as moms only more so because it's sort of in all the areas of life and so many more opportunities for growing in grace and being sanctified and getting to repent a lot. Um, I would love to hear how you have seen God really pursue you through this journey of motherhood and how has your relationship with him grown as you've been a mom? Linda is
0: so right. That's such a good way of putting it because yeah, we're not any different than a mom who doesn't homeschool, except it's just kind of our every day all the time um, intensity. <laughs> so, okay, let's see. Um, well, so there's the story that comes to my mind and it kind of gives a feel for how I've seen the Lord work in my life in general in a million different ways. So the story that comes to mind is when um, I had three little ones and You know, my older two daughters were doing their school, were doing schoolwork. I can't remember if they were, you know, in second grade and kindergarten or something. And then I had a third um, who was four, probably. My son was probably four. So just starting, you know, I could have done some preschool things with him, but he mostly loved to have storybooks read to him and then maybe play something based on those storybooks. Um, But I just, and I was probably pregnant to tell you the truth. (laughs) And I just remember feeling like I was ruining him, like all I'm doing is feeding him fruit snacks and letting him watch shows like I, Lord I'm so sorry, like I'm not stewarding this little boy well, I was comparing. What I did with my older two, with what I wasn't doing with him, I just was feeling like, ah, what am I doing? And I really was so upset about it. I remember just laying down on the floor, crying, like, Lord, I need your help. I do not know what to do with him. Um, And he, in that moment, brought to my mind that I had just seen and scrolling through my email this email from Soccer Shots, and really, it just came to my mind in that moment of prayer. And I went back to my email and looked, sure enough, soccer shots. And they were starting a season. We had never done soccer shots before. I don't know how I was on their mailing list. Um, but they were starting up a little another next season at the church right around the corner. Really, right around the bend. And they were starting the next week. So I contacted them. We got his registration in. And he did this little soccer shots program. I don't know. Maybe once or twice a week. But I remember the first time we went I brought the two little girls they did their school work on the sidelines he's in there doing a little soccer shot thing and um at one point he must have ran back to de- defend the goal and the coach said you're a good defender Malachi I started crying I'm <laughs> sorry this is so life-giving. And that coach just told him he's a good defender, which of course I want for him from Proverbs 31, you know, like speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, be a good defender. So I, I actually came home and wrote it on a poster board and put it by his bed. Um, it was such a blessing. I don't know how long a soccer shot season lasts. It was probably like six weeks, maybe eight weeks, but that was a blessing from the Lord at a time when I was desperate. And I didn't know how to build into my son's life. So that has happened in a million ways throughout my homeschooling experience, whether it's just the night before, I'm not quite sure what to do with one of the kids. And I say, Lord, I need an idea and a little art idea will come to mind and I'll give it a try Um, to, you know, I have sinned against them and I'm like, oh Lord, when will I ever stop being sarcastic or um, taking that so personally, and he gives me truth from his word or comforts me or helps me to ask him for forgiveness. Really, it's just been that daily um, coming to him, whether it's very emotional and I'm on my face crying, <laughs> or it's just a, a, a momentary like, oh, Lord, we're going to be 15 minutes late. Like, please give us your grace and help me to have good ideas here to, to get us out the door, whatever. Um, this is presence and his friendship, and his very real help in time of need. So that's been so meaningful to me.
1: I love hearing all of those stories, all of those examples you were giving too, all started with prayer and just how often we can be distracted because we're so busy with these important things. Like, you know, in the story of Mary and Martha, these are important things, Lord. We have to get these things done. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read your word because I'm so busy, you know getting the math lesson done or the baby's diaper changed or whatever, but that it is our life and to mm-hmm. spend that time in prayer, that that is a means of of grace by which the Lord ministers to us. And then to see the Lord answer those prayers is like this testimony. You can look back and know, I can pray today and I know the Lord will answer that prayer because I've seen him do that over and over again in the, in the years, you know, past. Yes. That's well, it. You know, being a mom is such a good, precious gift, and we're so delighted to be moms. And sometimes on the hard days, we still struggle to feel that way about it and to remember that, you know, it is true that this is a gift. So, you know, maybe it's expectations that haven't been met the way we anticipated they would be, or just very tired. It can. It's, we're serving and pouring out um, all day to our families and our church communities, so How can we find true rest in Christ and encouragement, you know, especially in the midst of those hard times to persevere by his grace?
0: Mm. Um, I think there are so many different ways, but I'll speak to what has helped me. And one is um, a couple close friends who kind of have the same, um, who are surrendering to the same book the Bible, (laughs) who, you know, even if we, you know, wrestle and talk it out and even complain, we know by the end of the conversation, our friend is going to say, here's what this book says, this dear book that both of us love and live under. And here's the good heart of our heavenly father. And, um, just a good listening ear and helpful, um, dear friends. And really you just need one, two, um, that you walk alongside and they walk alongside you. Uh, it's just had been, has been so dearly precious to me over all my years of motherhood. Um, I thought friends were important in middle school, high school, college. Think about your friendships during those periods of time. But I think that there is nothing like the friends in motherhood. So if you don't have one, then I would. Make that a first priority of prayer, and ask the Lord to, um, first of all, make you a dear friend to somebody, and then also to provide a dear friend for you. Because it is long and it is hard, and we need each other to um, care for care for one another in ways that, you know, even our husbands can't, because they, you know, are living a different experience in the world. So it just is so dear to have another woman who really can say me too or cheer you on or cry with you or so um for me god's grace of friendship has been so so valuable um and then also i think also the grace of honesty of sharing those things with the lord when motherhood is hard and you feel really discouraged and uh things you don't like about it (laughs) i i think that um it's more helpful to be honest with him, than to try to cover it up or la, 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 or, you know, try to tell yourself, don't think that, don't think that. Like we never get anywhere with that type of denial. So instead to bring your complaints to him, um, some of them, he will work in you a gratitude and a surrender to, you know, some complaints and things or, um, he'll shed light on it and perspective to see, yeah, that's kind of what every four-year-old does, right? Or every 13-year-old, like it's, it's the season of life and, and you'll gain perspective so that you can offer grace to your child and have endurance to, to walk alongside them. Um, and other things we'll fix. Other things that we bring our complaints before him and say like, Lord, I legitimately don't like the way this is going. Like I need a solution here. I need your grace. Can you help me solve this problem uh, or change this person's heart? And, uh, you know, those things might not be immediate, um, might not even be, you know, might be a long time coming. But um, I really think it's perfectly good to bear our souls before the Lord and be honest with him and then expect him to address those things as a good father does.
1: Well, if you've been around here for any length of time, you know how much I love including poetry and other beautiful memory work in our family's homeschool day. But if you've wondered what are the best morning time poems to include while I have a free printable for you. Head to humilityanddoxology.com slash 100 morning time poems and you'll get to download a list of 100 of my favorites. And then be sure to come back and let me know which ones your family has enjoyed. When we are honest with the Lord first, it also enables us to be authentic with our friends. And mm-hmm. I think it's so valuable to, to be willing to say when things are hard or we've messed up or we don't know what to do, um, not necessarily like broadcasting it to the world, but to those those friends that you know are going to listen and point you, point you back to the gospel, of course. Because I know in my own life, there were things Especially with my firstborn, you know, certain challenges that I heard no one talking about. And I was like, I, it must be like me or my kid. Like, what's what's wrong? And to feel that kind of feeling of aloneness, like what you're dealing with is so crazy. And, you know, but instead to realize now I've, I've begun talking to some other moms who have that same like me too. This is common to man. Like, we are not alone in that. And there's something really encouraging just to realize, okay. Other moms have faced the same thing. God has been faithful. He will continue to be faithful in those ways.
0: Yeah. Um, a friend of mine just recently shared with me that the opposite of shame is connection, which to me was not intuitive because I was telling her about something, some just this low-grade feeling of shame I was feeling. And um, she shared that. And I thought, oh, I would have thought the opposite of shame would have been I don't know, like um, peace or pride or coming into the light. I don't know. But to think about how connecting with the Lord um, will will address some of that shame that we feel about what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with my child? Why aren't they doing this? Or, you know, how comparing all this stuff. Um, and similarly with friends, you know, when we can connect with a friend about it, then it really does uh, wallop that enemy of
1: shame. Yeah, that is really powerful. I'm going to be thinking about that. I just sort of like got some goosebumps. like, wait, I need to stop this conversation and think about that for a bit. Mm -hmm. I'll have to wait and do that after we're done. Mm -hmm. I want to ask too, as we're discussing these things, and I have a feeling some of these same principles of going to the Lord, resting in his word, it's, it seems so simple. And yet it's not, we know, but it is, it is that root and that foundation for all of these topics. But I want to ask specifically about our expectations for the future. You know, we wake up in the morning and we're like, today, I'm not going to yell at my kids. And today, nobody's going to cry over their homework and it's going to be a good day. And then, you know, after breakfast, that's already fallen apart or like the semester. Okay. We've got our plans. We've got our, our textbooks picked out the perfect curriculum and, our expectations maybe aren't that, Or then like long-term, the kinds of humans our children are going to grow up to be, you know, what the Lord will have for us even after they leave home. So expectations, goals are good to set, but sometimes we don't do it in a very wise or godly way. So how can, long question, yeah, <laughs> how right. can we set up these sort of godly expectations for the future?
0: It is that's actually a very good question because I think our expectations really matter because they really determine like what we're looking for and how we process the things that come to be. So, um, and I think, uh, expectations is another word for hope. And so when scripture says like, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have, it matters what you're putting your hope in and it matters what you are looking forward to. Um, And it's also helpful that I just wrote a book called Expect Something Beautiful. So I have been ruminating about expectations. Uh, I don't know that I'd be able to uh, put into words how I feel without having already worked on this book for a year. So um, I think when it comes to homeschooling and motherhood, is that it's helpful to look forward at the day um, with, The eyes of, like, I've been called to this relationship, a relationship with this person. And all, and the reason that our relationship is going to grow and be knit together is because of this person's needs. Like, needs, when a person needs something, that weaves us together in a way nothing else can. So it's beautiful, it's hard, um, but we have to be honest about it. Like, they are never rarely ever planned. Like, yes, I know my child tomorrow will need breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we'll need clothes, whatever. But then there are so many different surprises um, and the timing of it and what it is that it's more it's helpful for me to go into a day expecting this is going to be a relationship and the messiness of a relationship and the beauty of a relationship and the surprise of a relationship um so that yes i can make plans but also knowing what comes first is the needs and the way that the lord's going to weave us together today uh so that and maybe even write it out like if whatever season of life you're in you can say like okay well today someone's going to call my name out of the blue and i've got to go running to their side like I know it's going to happen. I just don't know when or what I'll be doing. Probably I'll be like talking on the phone or dealing with an important problem somewhere else. That's what I'm going to be needed. Um, Or, you know, someone's going to have a meltdown about something that's just too hard for them. And it's going to be my privilege and calling to come by their side and help them through it. Um, So anyway, not to be idealistic about it, but... Also, to cast this vision for yourself so that you do go to bed not feeling like all day long. You were pulled in a million directions and you really didn't accomplish anything. But to go to bed, put your head on the pillow and remember, yes, today I anticipated that our relationships would grow. And they did. <laughs> you know, I anticipated that all of these um, unexpected things would come up because of relationships. And it did. And the Lord was good. And I can go to bed feeling content with that. So I don't know if that.
1: Yeah, no, that's really helpful. No, that's helpful. I was just thinking on the days that um, I'm most at peace with my children are the days when somebody at an awkward moment is having trouble, of course, and needs me to come help them work through something. And on those days where by God's grace, you know, I can just be like, hey, this is what I'm here for. Like, That is why I'm here, is to help you when you have a problem. Then, generally, actually, they understand things better. Like, our relationship goes more smoothly, and I'm not stewing in my own mind about how it's interrupting, you know, the plans I had for the day. Because I can see that, no, actually, this was what God had for me today. And on those days instead where I'm just kind of grumbling in my head about, oh, I can't believe I have to stop what I'm doing to go help you with your math or whatever, then that just breaks fellowship. It makes me miserable, it makes the kids miserable. And it's not really seeing that this was in fact part of that good gift of God and the relationships with my kids. Right,
0: right. And um, I think it's, no. I mean, everybody says this, to be very um, discerning about the images you see on social media. And I think especially, honestly, to be very discerning about the images we see in the homeschooling world, particularly. Like in ads, um, we have a running joke here at our family when we get a homeschooling catalog. It's just hilarious because the images that you see, you're like, there's no possible way. Like, that no, this family is not all sitting around with the dad playing his guitar and the sun, like looking at a plant in the sunlight and somebody reading. I mean, maybe. And I'm so happy for them if that's their reality. But I have to, like, have a really good filter for. Um, That's a pretty picture. And what it's communicating to me are these ideas of yes, family is beautiful. And when everybody's engaged, it's beautiful. When people are creating and making music and sunlight and nature and all those things are beautiful um, and good, but uh, not to make it an idol, instead to keep worshiping the creator and to see how that really works out in real time. I don't know, that's been helpful to me.
1: Yes, definitely. And you're bringing up, you know, setting up as an idol makes me think, I think it's at least it's Patrick who talks about um, when we have a good desire, or something. It's not that the desire itself is bad. Like it's good to desire that our children would be obedient, for example. Like that's a good desire to have. But when we don't get what we desire, it really shows whether it had be- even a good desire had become an idol. Because when you don't get what you desire, your child disobeys. Are you going to respond in anger as if um, you know you've been personally affronted, or are you going to respond in a loving, you know, humble way, um, or you know anything? Whether the kitchen having a clean kitchen. That is a good desire. It's not a desire I get very often, to be frank. But you know, it's when I don't get it am my, oh, I can't believe I why is this kitchen always so messy? And no one ever puts their cups in the dishwasher. Um that that reaction in our heart really shows if it's if it's become an idol, something we value more than we value the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of when things don't go exactly as they should, if your listeners hear a rumbling sound in the background. <laughs> It's because we're getting our propane delivered. We've been without heat for a couple of days. Oh no. So I'm super glad that the big truck is here with the propane, but also I'm sorry if bit. Um you can hear that noise in the background.
1: <laughs> That's okay. A few minutes ago one of our um uh, fire al- or smoke alarms beeped, which means apparently oh. the battery is going down. I'm just like, please <laughs> don't beep too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it will beep. <laughs>
1: Well, Laura, if you were talking to a new homeschool mom or someone who is considering homeschooling, what would, what would you want to say to that new mom?
0: Mm, um, that I'm so happy for you because it really is an awesome experience. Uh, sometimes I say, like, okay, my objective in homeschooling, um, because I've grown so much as a person, I've learned so much. So I went through grad school and I have learned more homeschooling my children than I learned my entire education. I'm sure of it 100%. So I'm happy for you personally and all you will learn about yourself, about God, about your child. And then also like about the world God made about literature and science and history. Like It's just gonna be so fun if you allow yourself to embrace and enjoy it. So here's what I usually say like, well, I am homeschooling so that my children have a positive enough experience so that one day they'll homeschool their kids and actually get an education. <laughs> because I know, like, I, I just am learning so much. But um, I think, let's see, I wrote some verses down, some uh, notes down. Oh, love. <laughs> to remember, like, it's all about love. Um, what I was saying before about relationships. That um, it's not a job, and it's not even primarily a calling, but it's primarily a relationship with a person God chose to put in your life. And this is the, um, the path he's put before you to grow that relationship. Homeschooling is part of that, and uh, to, to see it as that. So instead of keeping your eye on, like, the checklist, which, of course, we have to be mindful of that um, and fulfill the requirements, and we want to be faithful stewards, but to faithfully steward the relationship is so essential. <clears throat> so, so key. And then just one other little thing. This is a tidbit that I picked up from Cindy Rollins. She was like a pioneer homeschool mom. So if you ever hear an interview with her or uh, pick up one of her books or read an article that she's written, she's really been in the homeschool community for a very long time and has a lot of perspective and wisdom. I just, I love what she wrote. So she actually has a book called Near Motherhood, Cindy Rollins. And one of the main points that she makes, or one of the main points that resonated with me anyway, I don't think she says, just do it. I know that's the Nike slogan, but something to that effect, like, just do it. Like when you're feeling like, oh, you know, I need to make a plan so that I read more picture books with my children. And so you sit down on the computer and you start making out this plan. Well, her point would be like, just grab a picture book and read it to your child. Right that in there, or like, oh, yeah, I just um, heard that other mom talk about taking her kids out for ice cream for lunch on a bad day. Like, I need to make a plan to do that. Nope, just do it. It doesn't have to be a bad day. Like, say, everybody in the car, we're going to go get ice cream. Um, that has helped me a lot because I feel like it's so easy to feel like you've got to get all the systems in place and you've got to get the calendar all ironed out and you've got to get the plan, but just feel like do we have puzzles important? Let's do the puzzle. So um, those were just a couple of things that I would pass on to a new homeschool mom to kind of have those tools ready to go, because I think that would be really helpful.
1: I love that. And I love Cindy as well. In fact, yes. season two of the podcast, she came on homeschool conversations and we got to chat uh, together and it was really, really delightful. So I'll include that that link in the show notes too. If anyone wants to go listen to Cindy as well. Well, at the end here, I'm asking all of my guests this season the same two questions. So I'm just going to start by asking, what are you reading lately?
0: Um, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I was like, oh, I should offer like a really relevant homeschooling book. No. (laughs) I thought I would go with Honest. Good. I am actually reading a book called Suffering by Paul David Tripp, and um, it came up in my life because of Friendship. It was a a new friend who was just mentioning, like, you know, oh, I was just reading this morning in this book, Suffering by Paul David Tripp, that fill in the blank. I can't remember exactly what she said, but um, it made me realize, like, wait, why is my friend reading a book on suffering? Because whenever someone's reading a book on suffering, there's a reason, you know, either they're writing a report on it or they're suffering. So um So I just ordered it and I just started it and I told her like, you know, it will probably come out over time while you're reading it, but I just wanted to let you know that I ordered it and I'm reading it too. So um, I started that and it's really beautiful. One of the most impactful things so far is he pointed out that um, suffering is spiritual warfare Mm. and I never, I never would have thought of it that way, but um, I can now see that it would be for sure. Uh, So anyway, there you have it. That's the book I'm actually reading.
1: That is a wonderful book. I love um, Paul David Tripp. He has so many excellent titles and I love the way he can take things and just say them in sort of this very pointed like way that makes you think of things in a new, Mm -hmm. think of things you are already, you know, maybe took for granted, but think about them in a new way.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's from his own experience through suffering. Um, And also Uh, sparked my interest too. I think my ear was just kind of tuned to the topic because a friend of my sister's has recently, she's like on the upswing of going through recovering from colon cancer, where she had, you know, 50% chance of living. She just felt that the Lord put on her heart to homeschool her little ones. And then boom, you know, that went for in a whole different direction than she would have ever dreamed or thought or wanted. And she was talking about now on the other side of recovery, that there are certain things that are incompatible, the way she was living, the way she was thinking before being sick. Now that what she's gone through, she said, and that word, that thing, there are certain aspects of life that are incompatible once you have a greater eternal perspective. I don't know. It's just been mulling around in my mind. And I want to know what are those things? You know, once you've suffered and once you've seen the hand of God, what's, how does life change? And how does your perspective change because of that? So
1: that sounds like a wonderful book that we should all probably read. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my final question for you is, what is your best tip for helping the homeschool day run smoothly?
0: Very simple. And it's just to smile. I think besides prayer, smiling is the most powerful thing I do any day from day to day. Smiling at my husband, smiling at my kids. When they walk in the door, when I just, you know, sitting next to them, anytime I can. Um, smiling is, I think, um, a very special gift from God. You know, we, we bless one another and we say, may his face shine upon you. May, you know, he have his countenance upon you. And that just means may God smile at you. And he gives us that to give to one another. And uh, especially the dear people in our home. Even if I'm not feeling the smile inside, it's not being fake, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, smile fakely, but I'm saying there are many times when uh, we're not aware of what our face or countenance looks like, And that really matters in our day. <laughs> um, and as kind of the life givers in our home, when we smile, everything changes. Our own attitude, our children, um. So that's my number one tip,
1: to smile. Well, wherever anyone is, while you're listening or watching, I want you to turn and smile at your children.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I can guarantee that you are so beautiful when you smile. I can guarantee it.
1: (laughs) What a wonderful encouragement and reminder. Laura, this has been a delightful conversation. I am so glad that you were here with us today. Could you please tell people where they can find you all around the internet and then tell us a little bit about the book that's coming out very soon. And I hope everyone can go and pre-order that. I will have links in the show notes, but tell us where they can find you all around the internet.
0: Well, um, I know you can find me at laurabooz.com, L-A-U-R-A-B-O-O-Z.com. That's just my main website. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook and Twitter, I think. So I am really not involved in social media. Um, and so you, yeah, you don't even, you can look for me there. (laughs) Maybe I'll be there. I just, at this point in my life, the Lord hasn't called me to be super involved in social media. So I'm not there much, but I do post on my blog, like when there are upcoming things and you can subscribe there so that, um, if, if I have big news for you or something, I'll just send you an email. I'm not a frantic emailer either. So um, yeah, mostly and, at lauraboos.com at this point.
1: And, and what then, is the new book? Tell us about the new book. What is it? What is it about?
0: Um, it is about, um, so the title again is Expect Something Beautiful, Finding God's Good Gifts in Motherhood. And uh, it really is about how as a woman walks through God's walks with God through motherhood, um, that he gives her good gifts. He gives her the gift of his presence and his help. Um, And uh, over time, he to be more and more like Jesus to love like he does and to see people the way he does. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. So it's just an exploration of that kind of You know, some down to earth, real stories from my own life, how I've experienced his good love and care through motherhood and encouragement and kind of some tools to help um, other moms to turn toward him and walk with him through motherhood too. So um, yeah, that's it.
1: I look forward to reading that. Thanks. Well, I am just excited to be able to share news about that book and to share you with my audience, and I will have links to all the things we have chatted about today in the show notes for this episode at humilityanddoxology.com. Thanks, Laura. Thanks,
0: Amy. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool-conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.